and welcome to the Trauma and Mental Health Reports podcast series. We aim to share stories and knowledge on topics related to trauma and mental health with the community. I'd like to welcome our guest for today's episode, Arsham Parsi, an Iranian LGBT human rights activist. Today, we will be discussing the religious oppression of members of the LGBTQ community in Iran, especially in light of the movements and protests that have been going on recently. So let's get into today's conversation. Arsham, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. When I first came across your profile, I was absolutely amazed at all the work you have done. Did you want to start off by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your work? And uh, good morning, and uh, my name is Arsham Parsi, and thank you for having me. And um, I'm the founder and executive director of the International Railroad for Queer Refugees, also the director for Marjan Foundation, which is IRQR's sister organization. Um, I live in, you know, Toronto since 2006. And I consider myself living in exile and fighting for the rights of my LGBTQ plus uh, fellows in Iran and um, helping them to expand their human rights and uh, try to give them a better chance at life. Thank you so much. So as someone who has not only done a lot of work in this field, but has also experienced this back in Iran, can you describe to us what the average day or even life would look like for a member of the LGBTQ community in Iran? Um, I can write books about this question. So if I want to give you a very short, you know, abstract, is that, um, you know, the generally they have to put a mask on their faces and they have to act like a heterosexual individual in Iran in order to survive because homosexuality is punishable by death in Iran according to Sharia law. Um, however, uh, I have to add that the new generation in Iran, they are... Um, more open-minded and because they have access to, um, you know, while there is a very strict censorship, but they have access, you know, to internet, you know, free information, books, articles, you know, media um, by using, you know, proxies and, you know, um, they have more information and uh, we notice in in last several years that the new generation, they are more open to accept, you know, the LGBT plus uh, community. And there, there is a good sign for us that there's going to be a change. But uh, people, LGBT community in Iran, they're dealing with families, with, uh, you know, ordinary people that they, even if they're not religious, but they have a religious culture. Culturally, they're religious. Maybe they don't practice in a specific religion, but they're very conservative because they don't have um, accurate information. So their life in Iran is, you know, if they're lucky and they're never being faced by um, persecution or that, you know, the legal uh, punishment for homosexuality, but they don't have you know, rights, they don't have to do, they don't have anything to do in Iran. And they can't meet each other. There's no places, there's no organization, there's no um, official, you know, LGBTQ friendly, you know, psychologists or other things. And there is a fear that uh, they don't know what they can do if they are facing a trauma or a challenge in their life. Even they can't trust their, you know, doctors, counselors, and etc. Because um, we have lots of reports that those professionals, um, they try to either push them to change and become normal in air court or they try to push them 
through, uh, you know, towards exchange or reassignment surgery. There are a very, very few number of, uh, you know, psychologists and counselors in Iran that they can tell other people that this is who you are. Just go and be happy. Wow. That's, that's a lot. I'm, what do you think caused that cultural shift between, is there a culture shift, do you think, between the old generation and new generation, apart from access to new technology? Like, why is the new generation more accepting towards um, LGBTQ rights? Um, it could be a cultural shift, but I think the main reason is that because new generation, they want to have their rights to be respected. And... Um, you know, every decent person can think if I ex if I have some expectation, I have to respect the, the same, you know, things for others. Mm -hmm. If I want to be free, if I want to have my freedom of expression, so I have to let other people to freely speak as well, because this is something right. that I want. And I think the new, gener new generation in Iran, because they need to be free, respected, their rights being, you know, respected and not violated, they can understand and support, you know, the others. It's not only about LGBTs, they're positive about, you know, Baha'i or other, you know, ethnic groups in Iran that said, it's, it's, you know, we are all on the same page and we have to fight together. Right. And you had mentioned that there were certain acts that were punishable by death penalty or that are just completely illegal. So what are some of those acts? Um, without going into the details and legality of this one, any kind of homosexual act is punishable by death and the law it, it's very great they didn't make it you know very super you know clear that what is homosexual act and they leave it to the uh, authority to interpret whatever they want so their hands are open to see you know what we want to do um i just give you one example if based on the sharia law if two men sleep naked under the same sheet it's 60 lashes wow. so they might not be homosexual maybe there is a situation that they have to you know maybe they're in a jungle maybe there's in a store maybe you know there's a lot of consequences and for someone as a judge they can decide whatever they want and they can interpret you know whatever they want so um it's it goes back i know to many many years ago and maybe hundreds or thousands of years ago but i believe that you know this is not for today that we live together you know in 2022 and almost 2023 and um, we have to revisit on everything wow so ultimately it's up to the judge to make the decision of this is homosexuality or this is not homosexuality basically they have power Wow. And living in Western society, we hear a lot about the do's and don'ts. I know a few years ago, um, there were young people that were charged for dancing to that song, Happy. Mm -hmm. um, so what other acts are acceptable, not acceptable? I hear um, it's like unacceptable for men to be wearing nail polish or to be wearing scarves, earrings. And, you know, Iran is a very, very interesting country. It's, Iran is home for lots of paradox so you can see something and you can see the exact opposite same thing at the same time um you know drinking alcohol is 
is punishable by at least 100 lashes. It's illegal for, you know, in, in Islam and also in, in Sharia law in, in, in Iran. But on the other hand, there is a free delivery for alcohol. You can call and they can bring it at your home. It's, it's underground. People, they get away with everything that they want. It's not legal if they're being arrested, they are being, you know, faced to a very, you know, strict persecution, but they find a way. They want, you know, people want, you know, they get whatever they want. It no matter, the governments cannot control them. They cannot, you know, monitor day-to-day -day life. Homosexuality is illegal in Iran and it's punishable by death. But sometimes, you know, there is a wild gay parties, you know, in private gay parties in Iran. And some of them are being arrested and, you know, being raided by police. But it's happening. Having hijab, it's mandatory. But there's a lot of girls that they don't have hijab. So even in a private parties, wedding, birthdays, and etc. Mm -hmm. And people are okay with it. And, you know, the government... I always try to to you know emphasize it to non-Iranian you know friends and audience that whatever you see on the news or whatever you read about Iran might not be a reality. So because people, the government doesn't represent people. The majority of people, absolute majority of people, um, they are in a big disagreement with with Iranian regime and whatever they say. You know, for example, for Israel, for United States, for etc., cetera, etc., cetera, those official statements is not people's, you know, statements. Mm -hmm. They're not representing the, the people. And as you mentioned, in last, you know, um, several months in Iran, people are out on the street and they want to shout their rights. And and basically, the main thing is that we want to get back our Iran. Oh, that was so beautifully said. Um, and it's really interesting. I know you mentioned how there were like private parties where people would take off their headscarves or they were, there would be private gay parties. Um, I've spoken to a lot of members of the Iranian community who have told me the same. Um, they let me know that their family members back home when they're in the comfort of their own home, they take off the headscarf, they wear whatever they want. And then as soon as they go out, it's like they have to follow societal norms and um, the rules, because if they don't, obviously, they're uh, very severe, punishable crimes. So what impact do you think this has psychologically, especially on youth who are trying to develop their identity, who are trying to figure out who they are? Living this double life, I can imagine, can be very frustrating and very impeding on their development. What impact do you think this would have on them? A, a lot. And, you know, I sometimes I put it in a joke that, you know, almost all Iranians, they have multiple, you know, um, character disorder, you know, <laughs> all we have different personality because quickly we can change you know maybe we yeah. are at home we are very open-minded we're drinking alcohol and we're dancing and then 10 minutes later we go outside and we see a police car and then we have to act 100 percent you know different and we're going to be you know and if we're being arrested we're going to be a very pro-regime very strict muslim as well because in order to survive and not being you know uh, persecuted so these we have always we have different personality and it's it's bad and the society force us not the society as people again you know i'm gonna um, distinguish regime and the people as well the regime tried to force us in last at least 40 years that um, you know, we should have that mask that I, you know, mentioned at the beginning on our faces. We cannot do whatever that they don't like. Otherwise, we are in, in trouble. And again, 
<clears throat> the reason that people are out on the street these days is that you know they believe enough is enough i don't want to pretend i want to have you know what is my basic rights we're not asking for the perfect rights right now so they're not you know demanding for example for gay marriage or for you know advance you know family values or raising for you know mm -hmm. an equality and pay and etc etc that they all the, the topics that we we're dealing with in canada or united states for a better life they are dealing for the basic life that just leave us alone just let me live my life and don't interfere to my personal life to what to wear, what not, which color, what to do, which side of the street you should walk or not. Just leave me alone. Wow. Yeah, I can honestly imagine, especially like growing up here in Canada, I can imagine how frustrating that must be um, to have that kind of impediment on your development. Um, and in terms of that, I know you already touched on um, what would be acceptable and not acceptable but what would listeners be shocked to hear of what's legally acceptable here that would absolutely not be acceptable in iran or in western society in general there's a lot of things and you know i mentioned about drinking alcohol mm -hmm. so it's illegal if you drink alcohol and you're being catched by the police it's 100 lashes you know that awesome. can sentence you to flogging and basically. are some of these public all of them are public. They're all public. Yeah. So the reason that it's public is, you know, to teach the others a lesson. Wow. That that's the consequences. And uh, I believe which is against the religion because, you know, everyone has free to choose their religion. It's a fate. But they want to use religion as a controlling system, which is wrong. And uh, a lot of other things is illegal. I, you know, sometimes for me, you know, for a lot of Iranians, when we grow up with, with all these inhuman and wrong, you know, um, do and don'ts, it became normal for us. And sometimes, you know, we don't see it. Even, you know, here, just give you a very, very, you know, basic example. Here, when you want to buy a piece of bread, you're going to go to store, pick it up, go to the cashier, pay and come back. In Iran, at least they have to wait in line for like 20, 25 minutes. Because... Yeah. Yeah, why? You know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, for buying milk, we had to, you know, stay in lineup. We had to sign up with the store to give us milk because it maybe it was a shortage, maybe it was a lot of things. And there is a lot of things that for us, Iranian, is became nor became a norm. But when we come to Canada or you know Western countries, we will say, "Oh my God, what we have done!" So we thought it's very normal, but it's not normal. Mm -hmm. Why, for something very basic, we have to be concerned? Why, you know, here, you know, we we want to, um, you know, do whatever. You know, if you have an opinion, you can freely express your opinion as long as you don't attack or you know, you know. You don't engage in a hate speech or other things. Yes, you can express your feelings and your opinion. But in Iran, no, you have to do, you know, some calculations. What if I say these things and I'm going to be arrested or how, who's going to, you know, do what to me? And on the outside of the, you know, home, they might be, you know, attacking me and no one's going to protect me. Even, you know, in, in Iran, if, a, for example, a gay man are being arrested and they need a lawyer, there is, you know, majority of lawyers are 
not willing to take that case because they're going to get into trouble right. by the government that why you supported this gay person probably you support gay rights probably we have to you know invoke your license and there's a lot of consequences that doctors psychologists lawyers and other social service providers they have to think before they you know taking someone you know as a patient or client who's you know belonging to forbidden community like lgbtq uh, you know, community or Baha'is or etc. That's, you know, that's just a very normal, simple example. And then you can take it to, to the more serious stuff. So it's almost as if by association, they would also be punished. Of course. Simply for wanting to help or simply for doing their job as a lawyer. Yeah, of course. You know, again, I give an example about the these days protest. Someone going out on the street and protest being, being arrested and or being you know unfortunately killed their families are being arrested as well because they are the family of this individual so by associate always by association by really by relationship everything they are being uh <clears throat> you know punished because uh the, the fundamentality of the iranian regime is fear and divide and conquer Wow. It's really interesting that you um, mentioned family members here, because, again, I was speaking with members of the Iranian community here in Canada, and they were telling me they have to be cautious about what they post online and how they go about posting it, because um, there have been instances where their family members in Iran, they've woken up and their property was stolen or yep. it was vandalized or their family member was taken to jail and they've never been seen again or heard of again. Yep. Um, does this also tap into LGBTQ rights even before the protests? Of course, always, always. For example, you know, my family right now lives in Toronto, but uh, they had to seek asylum. And because, you know, my sisters were dismissed from school, my parents, we know, were under extreme pressure. And uh, there was a file against them at the you know court to, you know, it was my mom's, uh, <laughs> you know, crime and my mom's, you know, um, they, there was a file against my mom for promoting homosexuality and corruption. Why? Because she was my mom. Because I was an activist, I left Iran, I was outside mm -hmm. of the country, and I was doing my job, I was promoting human rights for LGBTs, and my parents and my family in Iran were targeted. Why? In order to stop me. Again, by association. Again, you know, and it's, you know, it imagine that someone have an accident here in Canada, and you go and, you know, arrest all of their families as well, and persecute everyone. But in Iran, they do it. And... The bizarre thing and the sad thing is that they always, on the international, you know, level, the Iranian regime try to, to you know, pinkwash them or doing, you know, just whatever for any reason, like you know, using Palestinian, using you know, uh, Syrian, using Iraqis, Afghan, or other countries in order to to wash their face and say, oh, we're really, really legit, you know, and good, you know, government, and you know, the Western countries are bad. And mm -hmm. they were, you know, I remember a few years ago, uh, all of the Iranian regime, they were talking talking about um, Floyd, who was, you know, killed, you know, unfortunately in the United States, and was kind of started, you know, a Black Lives Matter. They were talking, yeah, you know, a black individuals were killed, you know, blah, blah, blah. And right now, hundreds of people are being killed in Iran, and they don't even acknowledge it. Wow. And they always said, oh, the terrorist people attacked Iran. These are kind of things that you could see how a government whose job is to protecting you know their citizen fail in their job and they become their internal enemies 
Wow. Um, and in terms of all the protests that are going on, so not just for LGBTQ rights, but all the movements and protests, what more do you think needs to be done or what do you think should be done differently? Um, I think, you know, I can't say what more can be done because what we have today is more than what we imagined a couple of months ago. That's a very happy shock and surprise for all of us that it's happened. We, I sometimes say that, uh, you know, a few months ago, if someone asked me, do you believe that the regime will change in Iran? I would say yes, but not in my lifetime. But right now I can say, yes, it's going to be changed and happily in my lifetime. It's, you know, it's, it's very, you know, sure it's a near future. And uh, <clears throat> for the, in terms of, you know, LGBT is another thing. I believe that, you know, it's, uh, mm, you know, LGBTs are part of these protests as well. A lot of them are being killed as well. And a lot of them are being arrested because we are citizens of that country. And they are out, you know, for having a different sexual orientation doesn't mean that, you know, you should be always different from other people. So we are everyone, you know, fighting for the same and cause these days and a lot of people doesn't matter you know regardless of their ethnicity their sexual orientation their gender their political views they are all together and this is what exactly iranian regime afraid of they don't want as i mentioned they always divided and concurred and right now they don't want to see peoples that they are together and united and said we all iranian doesn't matter if i'm azeri or baluch or kurd or arab or whatever we all citizen of the same country and we don't want that you know regime and um, <clears throat> the only thing that i believe that it shouldn't be a you know highlighted a lot because i've heard on some of the protests that because you know this movement is around women life freedom so it's not led by women it's women's are very center of this movement because it's very very important and always i believe that the only movement that it's uh, being connected and tied with lgbt movement is women you know uh, movement uh, because women are fighting with patriarchy system. The problem that women in Iran have is men in power, and they look at women as an, you know, in the best case scenario, as an object. And uh, for LGBTs are the same thing as well. We are fighting with the patriarchy system because they believe that if you are homosexual and you're not within that system, you're useless and you should be killed. If we go back, you know, to review the, the reason for the punishment for LGBTs in, in the Sharia law. And women rights activists and LGBT rights activists, they can you know, work together in fighting with patriarchal system. And when we win, everything will be equal and happy. And right now, this it, it's happened. And women life freedom means everyone's life freedom. It's about LGBTs, it's about, you know, Baha'is, it's about, you know, political prisoners and etc, etc. I could see that sometimes people use a different chanting, you know, instead of, for example, women life freedom, instead of queer life freedom or Baha'i life freedom. Yes, that's absolutely right. But the only thing that it's, you know, I have concern is that the regime always divided and conquered. And what if they intentionally tried to divide these, you know, chants and people that right now they gather around one in a motto and they want to make that one to 10 different motos. 
So it's mm -hmm. become 10 different groups. We have to avoid that. Yes, we believe that everyone should have rights, but right now we are gathering around one message that we have to have, you know, freedom and, you know, life. And our women should be, you know, respected as well. Because if if we have equality between men and women, a lot of a lot of our issues will be, you know, resolved. Wow. Yeah, I I'm really happy to hear at the beginning you were saying how a lot it's something I heard often where members of the Iranian community, when they were asked, Do you think this regime will ever end? They'd say, Not in my lifetime. This is something I've heard quite often amongst all uh, members of the Iranian community. I'm so happy to hear them now saying, no, I do see a change in this lifetime. Um, so that was very impactful. Do you, is there anything you'd like to leave listeners with? Any message, any sage advice? I always ask, you know, people to don't abandon us. And uh, right now they, you know, especially non-Iranians, they have a very, very important role in order to be our voice. Iranians in diaspora try to be voice of their, you know, fellow citizen in Iran, but, you know, it's not enough. We need more people that they speak out and they talk about it and they ask their, you know, official electeds that, you know, what's happening. In the first, you know, 60 days of uh, Russia and Ukraine war, the number of people who were killed was much less than, you know, these issues, you know, these protests in Iran. And they have to ask, you know, their representative, their member of parliament, their government to do more. Because right now, we, you know, we're not talking about the, you know, uh, armies and they, you know, attacking Iran and bombing and other things. We need their support. As Obama uh, a few weeks ago mentioned that they you know, they made a mistake to not supporting Iranians during Green Movement in 2009. Don't repeat that mistake again. Today, Iranians need a non-Iranian solidarity in any capacity, even sharing something on their social media. That's enough. We live in a, two, you know, in a, um, you know, on an internet bubble right now. So everything is online on these social medias. Everyone could be a media and uh, everyone is a journalist. Everyone is a podcaster and they can uh, raise these issues, inform each other and uh, we can win. And and safe Iran means a safe world because you know, almost all of the countries are dealing somehow with Iran, not only with the nuclear deal, but some of the terrorist attacks that Iranian regime does in Europe or, you know, in the United States. And uh, <clears throat> when we have a, you know, democratic Iran, we have much peace in, you know, on the world level and everyone can live, you know, free. So let's contribute to our future, not only Iranians, but our future as a citizen of the globe. Wow, Arsham, thank you so much for taking the time to share your perspectives and knowledge with us. And you're absolutely right. The situation definitely calls for everyone around the world to stand together collectively and to continue discussing the matter, even if it's continuing to share on social media, um, any social platform, really. So thank you for continuing to bring light to that conversation. Um, and with that, you have reached the end of this episode with the Trauma and Mental Health Report podcast. Thank you for joining us. Connect with us at trauma.blog.yorku.ca. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and newsletter to see our latest content. See you at the next episode. Uh -huh.